All right, everybody, welcome in. Concrete Jungle, a New York baseball podcast. Coming to you guys live from the third floor of our part building, FingerLakes1.com. Paul Russo, that's me. Man to my right, that's Kyle Evans. Man behind the scenes, working the cameras, the sound, and everything else is non-geographic, smart person, Nate Sharman. Uh, boys, Ooh. welcome in. Fun weekend. Uh, you say ooh, Kyle, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was a rough one earlier prepping for the show. For I'm not so <laughs> sure he deserved that. Well, I mean, I'm I'll sorry be- that I don't have Southern Cal or California as a whole. I don't <laughs> know exactly. I have not been there. Um, I am a left coaster. I have not what, been off I've, of the left coast. You realize that California or the right coast. The, coast. <laughs> <laughs> so the struggles come out. The struggles keep going here on this fine Monday morning. <laughs> I wonder who's struggling worse, Nate or the Yankees offense. Oh, man. Oh, what a segue. Oh, man. <laughs> Just everybody's catching strays right now, except me for a change. I'm happy about this. Uh, man, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a lot to get to, um, you know, today. Um, uh, Thursday night, you know, myself and Nate took, took in a, a Syracuse uh, Met game. Uh, perhaps the far, one of the farthest home runs I think I've ever seen hit in person occurred that game. Um, just By Connor Wong. It was. It was. Yeah, I believe yeah, it was, it was Connor, Connor Wong. Wong. It was the second home run second that he had. Run, yeah. yeah, he let off with one he, too. He yeah. cleared the stadium. Uh, out in left field. So, um, absolutely one sided, wasn't it? It was a missile. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but that'll happen when certain pitchers are out there. So not the best game for our S Mets. That's for stuff sure. happens. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, there's a lot to get to. Uh, the Yankees. Started off really good in Oakland, uh, tapered off towards the end, including a pretty wacky game Saturday. Uh, the Mets, on the other hand, um, pretty much took care of business. I mean, obviously, yes, there is a little bit of a hurdle, but uh, took care of business where they needed to against Colorado. And obviously, you don't mention the S-Mets, but uh, Rochester, um, you know, they dropped the series in Indianapolis. But that being said, uh, they did have some positives come out of the weekend, uh, all things considered. So a uh, lot to get to. Hopefully, uh, everybody had a good one. We'll jump right in we'll start with the new york yankees thursday night was a big offensive victory for them uh really was a nice needed shot in the arm i thought offensively 13 to 4 victory james tyone pick up the win uh he moves to 12 and 4 on the year after that with a 3 9 8 3 8 9 era rather james caprillion took the loss 3 and 8 a 4 8 era for him tyone six innings six hits one earned run and two strikeouts joshua donaldson went three for four three for five rather Two doubles, a walk, three RBIs, and four runs scored. And as Waldo Cabrera, three for six, a double, an RBI, and a run scored. So, really collectively, uh, the Yankees got off on a good foot Thursday. I would have liked to see momentum carry through the weekend, obviously. We'll touch more on that, obviously, in a minute. But all things considered, Thursday was just a really good game out of the gate, and the Yankees kept momentum going throughout the entire night. Yeah, and they really needed that. It's been a while since their offense had a game like that. I mean, 20 hits. I know it's the Oakland Athletics, but that's that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those games where you needed to do that um, no matter, I guess, really what. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, you can only really, in this situation, play the team in front of you. But, you know, all that being said, um, you go out there and this was a, a good game. Obviously, you know, Dowson kind of needed a game like this again, it, it felt like. Uh, obviously, he gets the one of the highlighted roles, as does Oswaldo Cabrera, who – Continues his hot start in the big leagues. Yeah, Cabrera's first three-hit game of his MLB career. Um, Donaldson, it's kind of weird. I looked at his numbers, his splits. Mm-hmm. 
he seems to just even no matter what team he's on in Oakland, he always seems to rake. It's it's kind of weird. I think he was hitting like three fifty in his career games in Oakland. So I think he just loves playing there. Yeah, maybe it's just something about the place. I might be the only fan of it, but you know, yeah, he's it's their own. <laughs> it's not really any better than Tropicana Field, but. <laughs> Uh, Friday night, another Yankee victory, three to two, a little bit closer. Uh, Garrett Cole picked up the win, ten and six now on the year for him. A three three one ERA. JP Sears took the loss, uh, five and one his first loss on the year. ERA two two eight. Wandy Peralta picked up the save, uh, his third on the year. We'll obviously touch more on this situation as it kind of evolves out here within the next. It's going to be really coming few hours, more or less. Uh, we'll touch more on that in the news and notes portion of it. Uh, Garrett Cole, seven and a third inning in, three hits, and earned run 11 Ks. Really, uh, this was a much-needed uh, start, both longevity-wise and performance-wise, from Cole that uh, the Yankees got on Friday night. Yeah, and he finally got some run support. It's been an issue with him over his last few outings. And uh, obviously, Aaron Judge, that big swing there, was a difference in the game. I mean, the offense kind of went quiet. and As you're going to mention, it's going to get even worse. Yeah, so... You mentioned Judge went one for two, a home run, three walks in addition to the home run there. Three RBIs in a run scored. Oswaldo Carrera, again, three for four, hit a triple, scored as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this was uh, – it felt like Friday night was a bit of a prelude for the rest of the weekend uh, in a way. Yeah, and, of course, uh, J.P. Sears, a former Yankee, was kind of shot down the Yankees for a little bit, and Judge, you know – put a good swing on a ball, and that was the difference in the game. But it just seems like all these former uh, Yankee pitchers um, kind of just dominate the lineup. It's right. it's weird to see. Yeah, so we'll jump ahead here to Saturday already, which uh, final after 11, Oakland 3, the Yankees 2. Win goes to Joel Piamps. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that extremely wrong, so apologies to him. Uh, I know he's probably an avid listener. 3-3 three and three on the year, uh, 2 eight, nine ERA. Uh, Lou Trevino took the loss out of the bullpen, 2-8, a 5-1-4 ERA. Tough spot for him, obviously. This game as a whole was just a tough spot across multiple baseball fronts for both teams. Uh, Domingo Herman picked up the uh, a no decision along the way, rather. Would have been a win. Yeah, uh, seven and two-thirds, three hits, five Ks. Uh, this was, uh, by far and away, probably his best start he's had in the better part of maybe three years when you look at it, borderline. Um, and, of course, the Yankees, is no-run support. Uh, for him there it, it was just a wacky wacky game uh this Waldo Cabrera went one for four with a double uh Benintendi 0 for four with a run in stolen base uh the ending of this game more or less uh, really not so much the ending extra innings 10th and 11 uh were just absolute chaos and and wackiness uh, in that sense pure baseball moments uh but um heads up stuff by by really Benintendi in a game where uh, we saw, again, a little bit of the base running blunders kind of pop up for the Yankees. Yeah, there was some of those, but uh, I thought when the Yankees took a 2 nothing lead in the 10th that they'd be able to hold it, but uh, Ron Marinaccio, yeah. you know, probably his worst outing of the year. Uh, I wouldn't even say that. That's going to rub. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't allowed a run, or yeah. he hasn't allowed two runs in a game since April, mm-hmm. so I would assume that's his worst outing. Well, in that sense, yeah. And um, I don't know, it just... It was oh, they had one hit through eleven innings against what I call a triple A team. It's not acceptable. Um, I don't know. It was just a, like you said, a weird game, and and I got even more frustrating the following day. 
Yeah, so I, I want to continue on the Saturday front for just a minute because um, it, I don't know. There were a couple interesting spots. Uh, the only reason why I don't know if I can fully say it was a, uh, like a Marinaccio. What, they didn't lose be because but, of him. Well, I'm just saying he had one of his worst outings. Because that's true. I, I don't know if you. Well, yeah. I mean, from the statistical front, I for me though, I I put more of the blame on on Boone actually in this situation. They pull, in my mind, they they pull Lewis Saga in a in a really interesting spot. I didn't think they needed to pull him, but they do. They put in Marinaccio, and borderline in the same situation that they pulled Lewis Saga in to put in Marinaccio, they left him out there. It's just that the end result in this situation was more detrimental gameplay-wise and obviously to Marinaccio. Yeah, see, I'm a little different. I know, like, obviously different moves could have happened, but the pitching to me wasn't the reason. I mean, one hit through 11 innings was the reason for right. me. No, I, I, absolutely. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing and there by any stretch. At the same point, you, I mean, you don't really expect Ron Marinaccio to, you know, struggle like the way he did. He is just – he couldn't find the strike zone, and then he fell behind and – then uh, he just served up the home run. It was just a tough night. I guess those happen, but on the offensive side of the ball, you have to have more than one hit. Yeah. It's like deserving to lose. 100%. Uh, and then in the deserving to lose category, Sunday was a, yesterday a 4-1 Oakland victory over the Yankees. Uh, Adrian Martinez picks up the win for Oakland, 3-3, three three, a 5-2-8 yard for him. Clark Schmidt, first start since being recalled back up to the Yankees, uh, takes the loss, 5-3, a 2-8-9 yard for him. A.J. Puck picked up the save for Oakland, his fourth. Uh, Greg Wessert, uh, more on you know him in a moment because I do want to uh, broaden the, the discussion on him a little bit. Two innings and three Ks. Uh, Kyle Higashioka went one for three with an RBI, and then Aaron Hicks went one for two a walk and scored the little run. So uh, Schmidt really came down to me. It was really you know the first inning was rough for him, um, as was the third. But uh, look, he kept him in. It was a tough spot. We we were kind of wondering how the Sunday game was going to play out for the Yankees. Opt to go the Clark Schmidt route. Um, and you know, just no, no, again, no offensive support for him. Yeah. It was kind of weird. I think he allowed what eight hits in this game to me. That's so weird with the stuff that he has. Like, I don't know if he is maybe tipping his pitches sometimes. I know, I know guys can struggle, but like, it just doesn't seem like, like with that lineup that he would give up eight hits. Well, it's also his first start in about three or four weeks dating back to when he was back at Scranton. Yeah, I just think he didn't have his stuff or he was tipping pitches. It was just, it was just I don't know, a rough day. But now, anyways, they weren't going to win. They scored one right, run. Right. Now, not to say I called the shot on him being called up at some point here, but Greg Wessert gets the call up uh, over the weekend. Kind of helped that Scranton was over in Omaha this week, uh, this past week. Uh, so it made everything a little bit easier. But uh, the big league club got, hit, got the first uh, viewing – uh, of regular season, Greg Wesser obviously was in spring training this year, uh, but rough go of things to get things out of the gate for him a little bit uh, over the weekend, uh, getting going uh, in his first performance, right? Hit by pitch, balk, uh, <laughs> another balk, uh, but really settled in Sunday anyway to to give Yankee get, get to give the Yankees a solid two innings of work. Yeah, obviously, you expect a guy like that to be nervous, but. I mean, I thought after he hit the leadoff batter that he would settle in a little bit, but it just wasn't the case. Um, I, I was thinking about this. Like, what if this his major league debut was in, at Yankee Stadium with a way bigger crowd? Yeah. Like, I thought, like, he'd be able to kind of settle in with the Oakland crowd, not a lot of people. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, it was just, I wasn't worried though at all. And then as you're going to mention yesterday, you looked fine. Yeah. So it really did. Um, it was an interesting Yankee for for weekend for the Yankees across multiple fronts. Uh, we'll, we'll jump in pretty much with our news and notes now at this point officially. Um, do want to start with what ended up being the headline grabber really uh, on Saturday um, and to a degree on Sunday as kind of the internet does its thing. So uh, Araldis Chapman was placed on the 15-day injured list. Uh, no official reason came out right away with it until Boone had his presser uh, before the game on Saturday came out that uh, Chapman's dealing with a leg infection that came from uh, a recent tattoo appointment um, that obviously did not go according to plan. Uh, I, I chuckle. I don't – I'm not going to be one of the fans to sit here and think that he should have waited to the offseason to get a tattoo. Athletes get tattoos in season in different sports all the time. Um, to that end, obviously – I don't know. I don't know where he went and got the tattoo. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, what I do know is sometimes these things just kind of happen in a way. Could be a, a non-baseball related, obviously, thing here where it's just a dirty needle or something like that that happened or not properly clean one. Uh, but certainly not ideal for uh, what, what is going to be an important stretch here for the Yankees getting into September and the final stretch run of the regular season. Yeah, and as Aaron Boone mentioned, it's obviously a personal choice, but can you imagine if this, like, popped up in, like, a postseason run? Right. And, you know, when he was throwing the ball well and he's missing time because of this, like, that would be very frustrating. Um, but he did say yesterday that he, he's gotten a tattoo before during the season and never had a problem. Right. So, obviously, he just went to the wrong place. But, I mean, not acceptable still. And, you know, a thing, too, is obviously, you know, a lot of times leg infections don't amount to too much. Obviously, the extremes here, right, are, are like bacterially. You're, you're dealing with potential really extreme stuff. Obviously, uh, you mentioned Boone. Did, he did say yesterday that he is, already is improving upon what is going on. So um, hopefully everything continues at least progressing to a point with Chapman that he can rejoin the team right away pretty much. Yeah, and it was retroactive, I think, the, yeah. the 23rd. Yeah. Because he hadn't pitched in like four or five games. Yeah. And it became a point where I, I know a lot of people were kind of speculating, is this where we just kind of have a Chapman designated for assignment announcement? That's the thing. Even if he was available, they were staying away from him yeah. when he was. Like, they didn't trust him in high leverage spots. He wasn't even getting, like, middle relief innings. Like, it was weird. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's an interesting spot. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how they use him, um, especially with, uh, you know, look, more or less Clay Holmes – uh, this is where we'll jump into this. Clay Holmes is going to be back today, the way it sounds. Yep. Um, that'll be a pretty good addition to the bullpen. Um, there's been a lot of moving pieces in the bullpen. You know, guys like Luke Bard, Greg Weissert. Um, I mean, they've had a lot of injuries, though. I, they definitely miss Michael King and Chad Green right now. That's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's jump into some other news and notes here. Catcher Jose Trevino uh, is considered day-to-day after uh, being hit by a pitch in his foot. X-rays came back negative per Boone. Uh, Boone even said he probably is at a point where he'd, he'd be used in a more than emergency type situation, which means uh, he'd have no problem just using him as, say, a pinch hitter if it was just a normal standard spot as opposed to last man on the bench type scenario. So uh, expect probably to see Trevino back. I, I don't know about maybe necessarily tonight, but certainly at some point in the series with the Angels would be my yeah, bet. Thank God he's okay because I wasn't really looking forward to having Kyle Gashioka and Rob Brantley as the catchers. <laughs> 
Uh, I, I take great offense to that to being part of the uh, Rob Brantley fan At this club. point, Rob Brantley <laughs> probably would have started because right. Kyle Yashioka has been rough. Yeah, I mentioned Clay Holmes. I did throw a successful live batting practice session in Oakland on Friday. Uh, left-hand pitcher Nestor Cortez uh, was placed on the 15-day injured list over the weekend with a left groin strain that was retroactive to, I believe, was last Wednesday or something like that. Um, kind of apparently threw through the pain a little bit in his last start last weekend. Uh, and uh, we have now gotten to this point. So uh, hopefully everything goes good. Apparently uh, they're not anticipating this being a very uh, long duration on the IL for Nestor. I just can't believe he said that this happened like the first or second batter, and he went on to pitch six innings of one-run ball. Right. Right. Like Nestor's a dog. It's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, right-hand pitcher Luis Severino threw a live batting practice session on yesterday and is expected to start his rehab assignment uh, this Friday. And it also coincides with the Yankees being in Tampa, so I would expect to do some speculation here. Probably see him at single-A Tampa for rehab. Uh, speaking of that, left-hand pitcher Zach Britton exited his rehab assignment early at Tampa on Saturday, uh, calling it a non-arm injury. Apparently, uh, it's kind of come out via Zach Britton and um, some, I think it was Internet sleuths that uh, he kind of had some cramping going on in his uh Look, well, let's call it, you know, the glute, the butt. So quite an interesting uh, uh, spot for Zach Brim, but good to see. Obviously, it wasn't an arm-related issue. Yeah, the man knows how to scare people, though. I <laughs> saw, like, a little clip of it, and he just, like, dropped the ball and kicked it. So immediately you're probably thinking arm injury, mm-hmm. and uh, thank God he updated everyone on yeah. Twitter after. Yeah. I mean, even said it was more or less just like, yeah, I mean, you have it up, Nate. I'm all good. <laughs> so uh, obviously um, – not a big deal for Zach. I know he kind of went a little bit savage mode on there for, for no reason. Chose violence, but I love it. Uh, outfielder Harrison Bader was transferred to the 60-day injured list, uh, but has started baseball activities. Take with that what you will. Apparently, he is uh, moving to being out of the boot, more or less. Left-hand pitcher, Yankee legend Jason Shreve is back with the pinstripes in the organization. Uh, he has been signed to a minor league contract. Expect to see him at AAA as Luis Hill had been recalled from Scranton and transferred to the 60-day injured list. This has freed up an extra roster spot. So left-hand pitcher Anthony Banda could be signed to a major league contract. Banda has had uh, work this year with Toronto most notably. Um, so good to see that. And he is a, uh AL East person aficionado, pitched with Tampa last year as well. Uh, I believe he actually started the year technically this year with the Pirates, if I remember right. So um, he's uh, he's been around, but an extra arm, a little bit of depth wouldn't hurt the Yankees uh, on, as they finish the West Coast swing. Yeah, I actually reached out to Shreve yesterday. He, I, I can't tell you how excited he is to be back. Yeah. Um, he obviously loved his time here. Uh, if you remember, four years ago, he was just like, he was just the odd man out. That was honestly the only reason why his yeah. Yankee career kind of ended. Sure. But it's, it's cool to see him back. I always liked him. I don't know if he'll be called up ever, but, I mean, injuries do happen, so we could see him. Right. The Yankees, as I mentioned, they finished their West Coast swing in Los Angeles against the Angels, technically Orange County. Um, there will be a big three-game set here before the Yankees head back east. Um, probably bigger than what they had hoped. Uh, Yankees... Tonight, uh, 9.38 first pitch. Love it. On the S-Network, Frankie Montas, war in 10 on the year. 
a 3.84 ERA. And that's Jose Suarez, 4 and 6, a 4.19 ERA. <laughs> Tuesday, a 9.38 first pitch on the official channel of Kyle Evans, the Amazon Prime Video Network. <laughs> Jameson Tyone gets the start, 12 and 4, a 3.89 ERA. He'll be going against Mike Mayers, 1 and 0 on the year, a 4.46 ERA after uh, pretty much being down in Salt Lake and being in the bullpen all year. You good, Kyle? I just don't get it. it. turned into a Friday thing with Amazon Prime, and now we're doing Tuesdays? Yep. Like. <laughs> Wednesday, at least it's on, yes, another 938 first pitch. Garrett Cole, 10-6, and six, a 3-3-1 ERA. He'll be going against Patrick Sandoval, 4-9, a 3-0-5 ERA. So, um, the Yankees get a pretty soft spot in the Angel rotation. Obviously, they avoid Otani. Um Angels are coming off a sweep, though. Yeah. Blue Jays. Yeah. Blue Jays were hot. So, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this, but um, if there's – Yankees get swapped, I would say. Yeah, against – and they're going against interim manager, former Yankee third base coach, Phil Nevin. So That guy's uh, crazy. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of factors going into this game uh, series. I, I think I'd be very satisfied if they do the series and take it 2-1. to one. Fine, I'll go ahead. Yes, they'll win the series, but I'm not too confident. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, the Yankees. Because um, these stats, these pitching stats don't obviously matter. Look what the A's had. Yeah. The last two days, the A's have had guys with six ERAs. And right. They've just shut down the Yankees. So. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I don't I don't know what to make of. Um, it, look, I mean, the Yankees are playing 500 ball. I mean, they're playing very average baseball right now. Um, and that's opposed, and we'll, we'll discuss it right now. When you look at the Mets who they go into this series against Colorado four games, and they did what they had to do. And the Yankees um, didn't. Right. I mean, now, obviously, you would prefer to sweep, but you took three of three or four uh, from Colorado, a team that you should do that against, and they did it with authority for, for the most part, I'd say. And that's the thing that people say. Good teams find ways to, you know, beat teams that they should beat, and mm-hmm. Yankees really haven't been doing it. So Thursday night, a three to one Met victory. Jacob Degrom picks up the win for the Mets, three and one a two one five ERA. Ryan Feltner picks up the loss, two and five a five eight seven ERA for him. Adam Adovino took the save, his first. Degrom six innings, three hits, and earned run in nine Ks. Pete Alonso two for four, a home run, two RBIs and run score. And Brandon Nimmo went one for two with two walks. Uh, look, your main your main players came to play for the Mets that day, obviously, right? Degrom obviously had a classic Degrom outing. Pete Alonso. Did polar bear things, and then obviously Brandon Nimmo, who's been there all year, just chipped it, up, chipped himself on in, and got on pace. <laughs> and hey, at least they scored for Degrom. I think it, what, what was his last outing? He didn't get any run support, right. so that's cool to see. Um, but their other guy, as you're going to mention later, he didn't get any run support. Well, yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, what, <laughs> that was yesterday. We still have two more games to get through, obviously, before we get to that. But uh, Friday night, a seven to six Met victory. Uh, Edwin Diaz picked up the save or the win. <laughs> used to saying save with him. Picked up the win. His third on the year moves a three one one or O E R A. Daniel Bard takes a loss blown uh, hold for him. A three and four now in the year two three eight E R A. Chris Bassett got the start. No decision. Seven and a third. Eight hits. Four were earned and one strikeout. Obviously not his most dominating performance, but clearly a performance that he was able to go a long distance, which is sometimes more crucial than anything else. Uh, and kept the Mets well within reach at any point if things really got sideways. And if I remember right, I I think the Mets were trailing in this yeah. game, and then they kind of rallied back. Yep. Yeah, big double from Marcana in the top of the ninth. Yep. Oh, that's Tied right. up. Yep. 
Yeah, so obviously Marquez is the next one on my on the uh, key performers list here. As he went two for three with two doubles collectively, a hit by pitch and three RBIs and run scored. So, um, and then uh, obviously though the walk off hit came with from Pete Alonso, uh, two for five with an RBI, uh, bringing in Cass. So um, again, kind of like one of your typical players kind of came out to play and show up in the Mets, but uh, this was a type of game where you look at the contrast from the Yankees. I don't know if the Yankees get done, but the Mets prove once again that they have no problem go ahead and pushing through and getting across the finish line yeah and Mark Hanna like that I feel like his names have been mentioned over the last month I think it's kind of started that Philadelphia series big yeah. hits and he's continuing to come through and it's, it's good to see Hanna being you know he he obviously Chris Bassett was the main piece of that trade during the offseason but he's proving to be an equally just as big if not bigger contributor at certain points right now for the Mets I'm probably thrilled not to be in Oakland right now. well <laughs> I, I think that's beside the point it's a thing too he's I think the only person thrilled to be in Oakland is Shane Langley <laughs> <laughs> playing well and hitting well so yeah uh, Saturday a 3-0 Met victory David Pearson got the win seven and three a three two one ERA Kyle Freeland the loss seven and nine a four eight eight ERA for him and Adam Montevino picked up the save his second Pearson went six innings, four hits, and seven Ks. Uh, Peterson actually a little bit of a, uh, a not a true revenge game, but uh, I came to learn over the weekend from Colorado, uh, pitched obviously, well not obviously, pitched against his best friend in Kyle Freeland uh, to the point that he was in, him and Peterson and his wife were in Freeland's wedding. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, I know they asked him post game if there was any sort of like you get more pumped up against Colorado, and he said, "Nah, not really." But he said it was cool facing uh, his best friend in Kyle Freeland like that. I'm not gonna lie, I cannot believe David Peterson is throwing the ball this well. I mean, from what I remember early on, he just wasn't good. So it's kind of weird to see. Like, I don't know what what he's doing differently, but he's been really good the second half of the year. Well, actually, he he said that he has changed the way he throws his change up. That's part of it. They've been working with a new grip. I know, um, you know, I, I'm not the ideal pitching coach here. So we go down Paul Russo's coaching corner here for a hot second. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's gone from more of a circle change style to, to a more, say, split style or, or whatever. But, um, you know, the, the way I usually prefer seeing, you know, I prefer a circle change, just a little bit more movement on it. But, um, you know, if, if Look, he, he said he's, he's trying, been trying to work on it. And maybe that explains why when he was at Syracuse past couple starts, things hadn't gone exactly right because he was just trying to retool a little bit. Yeah, it's just like crazy to see that he has a 3.21 ERA. Um, that's, I mean, obviously really good. Um, he doesn't start a whole lot. He's an option back and forth. But still, mm. during his time here, he just seems to be very good. Yeah, And more importantly, I guess, to that end, he, he did not get sent back down after this start. They, they have kept him up on the roster, so that will be something to keep an eye on. I know he's not up in the rotation against the Dodgers, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but certainly something to keep an eye on. Uh, Brandon Nimmo in Saturday's game, two for three, a home run, a double, a walk, two RBIs, and two runs scored, and Mark Canna, two for three, a double, hit by pitch, and a run. So uh, Canna, again, showing up, as well as, obviously, Brandon Nimmo really pretty much supplying the offense the Mets needed. I think Jeff McNeil cooled down now that I think about it. I haven't been seeing his name lately, and I saw he... To be, to be fair, McNeil did chip in a hit yesterday, one of their three. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was going to say, he's, he was in the box score all the time, and I haven't really seen him lately. But, I mean, everyone goes through, you know, real cold cold stretch. But Yeah, and then uh, speaking of cold stretches, uh, yesterday's game was a one nothing Colorado victory. 
as Herman Marquez picked up the win for Colorado, seven and ten on the year for him, a four and seven ERA. Max Scherzer, the loss, nine and four now, two two seven ERA. Daniel Bard picked up the save for Colorado, his twenty seventh. Scherzer, seven innings, four hits, and earned run in eleven Ks. I didn't realize that he was Jacob Degrom in disguise on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, um, it felt like a Jacob Degrom outing. Uh, I thought the Mets were still going to score though, yeah. at least a run. Um, I thought a ninth inning rally was coming, but they fell short. Yeah, Pete Alonso uh, chipped in for one of the hits, one for three in a walk, as did Brett Beatty, one for three. I mentioned McNeil. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, games like that do happen, but to me, you know, the series as a whole, like I said, I mean, it's really the difference between a good team like the Mets right now and a team like the Yankees just kind of playing average baseball. Yeah. Um, you know, they went out, did what they had to do, um, distanced themselves especially in division because the Braves get swept in St. Louis over the weekend. Um, and that's, that's big, big in the division, right? Gives you more of a breathing room arm again. If you're the Mets that say a game like Sunday does happen, you know, once every five days or something like that, where baseball, just kind of baseballs and that happens. And you know, the more breathing room you have at this time of year, the better. Yeah. I still can't believe the Mets uh, won both of those games last week against the Yankees in the subways or did I say win? I meant yeah, lost. Right. Um, lost both games. That's I really never expected it. Right. All right, let's move into news and notes because uh, a couple interesting things here. Uh, Eduardo Escobar and Tommy Hunter were both activated off the injured list. Um, Brett Beatty was the name kind of circulating to see potentially sent back down to Syracuse. Uh, that didn't happen. The corresponding move was uh, second baseman Yomer Sanchez being designated for assignment during that. So Brett Beatty, it's a discussion that we did have on here about a week and a half ago. What what happens with Beatty when Escobar comes back? They're going to keep him up for the time being. Yeah, and I think uh, Escobar will probably face um, righties. Mm -hmm. And then... Well, I'm no, I'm imagining it'd be flipped, in all honesty. Beatty's a left-handed hitter. Oh, yeah, I misspoke again. Right. My bad. You're good. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. So I'm assuming they'll kind of platoon there. Mm -hmm. Um but, yeah, I didn't think it would have been the right move to send uh, Beatty down. No. I think Escobar, too, because he's a switcher, you might see him really get into that DH role a little bit more as well. Um, I know Vogie, Vogie can chipped in over the weekend here and there a little bit, but he certainly has cooled off over the past week or so since his hot start uh, since coming over. Uh, plus, you know, Escobar does give you a little bit of leeway. Obviously a third baseman, but, you know, in a pinch can play second base if you really need him to. So uh, not a big deal there. And Tommy Hunter – Big deal coming back. Obviously, another arm for the bullpen. Yeah, nice veteran arm there. Uh, Drew Smith has uh, began to throw off a mound. Uh, other more good new pitching news and notes here. Carlos Carrasco will throw a simulated game today, and Tyler Magill will be throwing live batting practice today. So uh, some bigger arms once again getting ready and ramped up, ready to go for the Mets. Yeah, it feels like they're going to need a lot of arms back at the right time, like literally in the month of September, late September. Just perfect timing for, uh, you know, the postseason. Left-hand pitcher Nate Fisher was outright to AAA Syracuse over the weekend. Left-hand pitcher Rob Zatransny uh, was claimed off of waivers by the Los Angeles Angels. Catcher Michael Perez and right-hand pitcher Connor Gray were both optioned to AAA Syracuse over the weekend. Mets day off today. Then they have three against the Dodgers Tuesday through Thursday this week. Mm -hmm. Dodgers, all to be announced starters for them. Yeah, it's like Clayton Kershaw gets ready to come back into the rotation here. So I'm assuming the Mets will probably see him somewhere, but that's kind of put their rotation a little bit of yeah. question. So they're going to a six-man rotation yeah. for a little bit? Yeah. 
So be interested to see there. Tuesday, tomorrow night, 7-10, first pitch on SNY. Tom Walker will get the nod for the Mets, 10-3, a 3-3-8 ERA. Wednesday on set at 7-10, also on SNY, it's Jacob deGrom Day, 3-1, a 2-1-5 ERA for him. And then Thursday, 4-10 on SNY, Chris Bassett will get the nod for the Mets, 11-7, a 3-3-4 ERA. Big series for the Mets here, right? Dodgers are pretty much um, cruise control the rest of the way if they really wanted to. Um, they have the lowest magic number in the big leagues right now at 16 to clinch their playoff spot. I believe actually for them it's more clinch the division at this point than anything else because the Padres have padred uh, as they tend to usually do at this point. Um, you know, that being said, this is this is probably going to be the Mets' toughest test that they will face in the stretch run um, at this point. That being said, I have full faith. I have full confidence. I am going to go a 2-1 series victory for the, for the Mets. I'm going to say a Dodgers sweep. Wow. And I 100% like believe that. This is no joke this time. All right. So we will move on then quickly to our minor league teams as we're running up against the clock to a degree. Rochester uh, dropped their series in Indianapolis against uh, Nate's Fighting Indianapolis Indians. Um, there is a 14-4 uh, loss for Rochester. Uh, not ideal. Lucius Fox hit a home run. Uh, Luis Garcia on rehab assignment went two for four with a double, and Trace Berea picked up an RBI base knock. Friday was another nine to one loss against the uh, Indians. Uh, John Nagowski went one for four, a double, a walk, and RBI. Donovan Casey picked up a hit and a run, and Andrew Stevenson had a hit and a walk. Saturday, five three, uh, Rochester dropped that game. Jake Alou two for four, a double, and RBI and a walk. John Nagowski again. Had an RBI base hit, and Andrew Stevenson went two for five with a run and a stolen base. That game uh, was a bit of a tough one, honestly, for Rochester. He kind of came storming back a little bit. Uh, but to that end, uh, Sunday, a 5-2 to two Rochester victory. Uh, Jordan uh, Williams picked up the win out of the bullpen. Uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon had the start, no decision, six innings, five hits, two earned, a walk, and seven Ks. Uh, and Rochester scored all five of their runs in the ninth inning. A nice comeback victory. Andrew Stevenson won one for five with an RBI. But the big guy here was Adrian Sanchez. Uh, one for four, but three RBI double in the ninth is what broke up broke open the game for Rochester. So, um, you know, that being said, I, I know the records and, and the game, you know, stat lines can, can say some stuff differently. But, uh, again, you look at some positives. You know, a guy like Daniel Ponce alone who, you know, at this point – he he's not going to really necessarily be on Washington's radar maybe for for long term wise, but this is a lot of a lot of it for him now is prove it to show that you know there's a reason why he was a top prospect with St. Louis for a while, and a game like that yesterday for him is perfect. You know a guy like Adrian Sanchez who you know has been at the big league level before now kind of trapped at AAA and to a degree showing that he can still get stuff done like that. You know, yeah, I think it it's, hasn't been discussed enough, at least with us, but a guy like John Nagowski, who, uh, look, had his moment last year with Pittsburgh, got released by them, goes, finishes the year in Korea last season, comes back to the U.S., starts here in the Atlanta system, gets dropped, Washington brings him on, starts at Harrisburg, and in the month that he's been at Rochester, has probably been their most consistent position player. Um, it's good to see... To me, what I'm going to call some journeyman guys kind of picking up the pace here now after we saw that really the prospects kind of start and carry the torch for Rochester. And now it's these guys who 
Um, you know, like I said, it might be a little bit of prove it stuff for them that kind of are doing it, but uh, you know, that's needed right now for a team that you know spun the wheels obviously with the losing streak and now uh, are trying to really end the season on a good note. Yeah, you said it. A lot of good things are happening right now, even though you know sometimes they're not winning games, but. Uh... Yeah, John Nagelski, every time it seems like I write a recap, he's part of it. Um, and then Ponce de Leon, it seems like he's been throwing the ball really well every outing too. Um, they're getting, you know, good uh, good stuff from some of their players, and it just sometimes they fall a little short by two or three runs, sometimes one. All right, news and notes. Tyler Clifford was outrighted from Washington and has since been granted his release. Right-hand pitchers Corey Abbott and Tommy Romero were optioned from Washington. And formally, Cade Cavalli was selected by Washington. He had his first start Friday night. And it not, was an ugly one. Not ideal. Not ideal to the point that it did win me some money taking Cincinnati as an underdog because I didn't understand how, but, you know, Ooh. stuff happens. Uh, good news is, though, Rochester is home this week as they play the world-famous Toledo Mud Hens. Wait, you bet against a uh, friend of the program, Kate Cavalli? I did. Huh. Scared, money, scared money don't make money, Nate. <laughs> uh, See where your allegiance lies. Okay. Yeah, my, my allegiance is to green. Uh, Rochester home against the world-famous Toledo Mud Hens this week. Uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday, lunchbox giveaway. Howard Johnson making an autograph appearance. Wednesday is a shirt giveaway. Thursday is college night. Friday, Cocos Locos Cup giveaway and fireworks. Saturday, Wizards night and fireworks. And then Sunday, they're giving away a Spikes bobblehead. So make sure you get out to Frontier Field for that. Syracuse, meanwhile, uh, very similar to what happened with Rochester. Thursday, lost 9-1 to to Wooster. Uh, Nick Denny able to pick up the lone RBI on the day there. Um, but me and Nate saw what was just an absolute rocket from Connor Wong. <laughs> Uh, Friday at 12-8 loss. Uh, if there was a positive, Jose Rodriguez pitched really well. This didn't get any help. He went five innings, no decision, three hits, and earned run, two walks, and four strikeouts. Uh, JT Riddle went two for three with three RBIs. Mark Ventios continued uh, his hot bat, one for four, a double, a walk, two RBIs, and two runs scored. Saturday, the S-Mets got their lone victory on the weekend. Jordan Yamamoto picked up the win. Uh, Lock St. John picked up the save. Daniel Palka went one for two with a home run, a walk, two RBIs and a run scored. Dom Smith, one for three, two walks, two RBIs and a run. Terrence Gore uh, proving to wreak havoc on the base pants once again, 0 for 1 in his loan at bat, came in as a pinch runner, uh, walked, scored a run, and had two stolen bags. And then yesterday on Sunday, a 7 to 5 loss to the Who Sox. Nick Denny, once again, two for four, home run, uh, RBI and a run scored. Kula Lee went one for three with a walk. Two RBIs and a stolen bag, and Travis Jankowski went two for five with a run scored. Um, you know, obviously, bad taste in the mouth on Thursday, but, you know, Syracuse hung tough the whole weekend after that, at the very least. Um, you know, just can't seem to get everybody at least on the same page, but again, you know, a lot of these guys, at least for them now, it's a lot of the young guys really kind of stepping up and doing the, the front loading and work uh, for them. Yeah. Um... I mean, they've been struggling a little bit as for, like, winning games. They're still getting good things from their players, though, kind of like Rochester. But, I mean, I did just look. They're, like, second to last in the, in the yep. East. Yep, still ninth. So, uh, 16 games out. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they're they're playing as well as they were, what was it, July? Yeah. Late June, July? Yeah. Um, In terms of, like, winning games. Yeah. But they're still – their players are still playing well. Yeah. So. Uh, 
They will be getting at least some up on the pitching front. Eric Orzi uh, will begin a rehab assignment with single A St. Lucie. However, a negative here, Travis Blankenhorn was placed on the seven-day injured list. Uh, got pulled from the game Saturday, had one at bat. Uh, the S-Mets will be away all week in Scranton as they take on the Rail Riders. So uh, keep an eye on there. Who knows, maybe maybe we'll take a trip down to Moosic, Pennsylvania to see the S-Mets play, but... Anyway, that does it for Concrete Jungle. Uh, we will be back on Thursday this week, 11 a.m. Uh, any parting thoughts before we get out of here, guys? I don't think I have anything. You know, Nate, words good, of wisdom? Good time up in Syracuse on Thursday yep. night, Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for uh, taking me up that way. We hot had- dogs were good. Andorada Gales were good. Yep. Good company. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the most outcome ice cream. wasn't what we wanted. The most, the most ice cream you ever had in your life. Holy cow, that was a lot of ice cream. <laughs> it was Kyle. Like the so, whole, this whole thing was, was filled up. So Nate, I'm in line for ice cream. Quick story before we get out. Um, and uh, Nate's like, here, this I want, I want a helmet Sunday. You know the hel- the little helmets that they give you, right? I'm looking, I'm like, dude, they're out of helmets. Like I've told, and I, didn't, of course, you know, Nate, Nate didn't hear me. <laughs> But he goes, just give me the ice cream. I'm like, okay, do you want anything on it? He goes, no, just the ice cream. I'm like, all right. So I order my 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 item. I got a cookie sundae, and I go, uh, I also need to get a, a helmet sundae, but just with cookie dough ice cream. That's all I want. Like, all right. And then um, with no helmets, they were serving the ice cream in the smaller, like, to-go containers that um, I know, like, around here uh, that you'll see, say, something like um, like a piece of, like, say, cheesecake serving type thing. And this thing was literally packed with cookie dough ice cream, like spilling out the sides. Like this thing was a solid like five pound rock. <laughs> it was incredibly good. I just couldn't <laughs> eat it all. <laughs> you you took a dent out of it though. I'll give you credit. So uh, four hot dogs down, some Adirondack ales, pork and some ice cream. Yeah, yeah. It was oh. a it was a perfect perfect baseball baseball evening at MBT Bank Stadium. Yeah, successful Dollar Thursday. That's what matters. Hundred percent. All right, so we'll be back Thursday, 11 a.m. Can catch us live on YouTube or catch up anytime. Catch us on Anchor, Spotify, other major podcasting platforms. Have a fantastic week, everybody. We'll see you Thursday.